Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Colorado Avalanche. We are with Tom Hunter, the managing editor of Mile High Hockey. Tom, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. Great. Um, so yeah, let's just get right into it. We saw the Avalanche back in December, um, a 3-1 to one win, which if I'm remembering correctly, and I might not be because I have a leaky brain, but if I'm remembering correctly, while the Flyers lost 3-1, to one, I think they kind of hung with the Avalanche better than I expected. Um, yeah, I think they outshot them. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it was one of those games. Yeah. Yeah, so if you could just give us like a little bit of a spark notes synopsis of what the Avalanche season has looked like since we saw them in December. Um, it's been, well, a lot of, a lot of losses for a while there. It was, um, the team went through a bit of a cold streak right after that. Um, I think there was a Jersey win there and then a bunch of losses, um, in division. They've been losing a lot of division games recently, right up until, um, about two weeks ago now, I guess, um, going into the all-star break, they are on a five, three game win streak. The two games before that, they lost in overtime, so a five-game uh, five point streak. So it looks like hopefully things are straightening out. Um, hopefully they <laughs> the break didn't kill them because it's now been 10 days since they last played, and they don't play again until Saturday against the Flyers. So it's quite a big layoff there. Um, might, might take a little bit to get back rolling after that. Yeah, I kind of wanted to ask you about that um, because they had that, Four game, yeah, four game losing streak. A um, couple of the overtime games there, like you said, mm-hmm. and then they won three games. Um, admittedly, against except for St. Louis, not great competition. San Jose and Detroit, both of those teams, not great this season. Um, did something start to click though? Was it something that they fixed with regard to losing four and then kind of turning it around against San Jose, or is it just a matter of Sometimes you just don't get the wins and then you can turn it around against a bad team and everything starts going your way again. Yeah, it's sort of, it's more that they lost the game. They lost um, against Dallas, um, the fourth of that four game losing streak. They just, Ben Bishop stole it from them. They outshot them with something like 45 to 30 or something like that. Oh, wow. And lost, um, I think it was three, two, three, two in overtime. Yeah. So he, he definitely stole that one. They played really well in that game. Um, and then the, but then the game they won against St. Louis was they were outplayed in that one. So I guess, like you said, they beat the bad teams. They beat one of the good teams, but got outplayed. Um, so I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, Kale McCarr has been playing a lot better mm-hmm. recently. And I think that has a lot to do with it. He, um, he was out for a while with an injury and when he came back, he was not what we saw before. Um, took him a little while, maybe two weeks where he wasn't playing well. And it, it, it showed in the, the overall team play, I think. Um, and his, his turnaround is right, right there around that Dallas game where the team started playing a lot better. So he, I think his play has a lot to do with it because He's been, even though he's a rookie, he's been the absolute driving force of that blue line. Mm-hmm. Um, what Tyson Berry did for them last year, where they their system starts from the back end, quick through the neutral zone, and 
Tyson Berry did it last year. Now it's Kale McCarr who's, who does it. He's on almost all the time with Nathan McKinnon. So it's quick defenseman working with one of the fastest centers in the league. And so when one of them isn't going well, the team isn't necessarily going well. So mm-hmm. the fact that Kale McCarr has been playing a lot better, I think, has a lot to do with it. Yeah, so it's it's easy to look at the Avalanche and kind of figure out what goes really well for them in any given game, considering the top line on that mm-hmm. team, um, Nathan McKinnon specifically, who, as you said, is like Connor McDavid level fast. He's like a not a human man. Yeah. Um, but besides the obvious things there, um, tell me something or someone who has been really working for the avalanche of late um ryan graves is a young defenseman who the he's a fourth round pick from the rangers about six years ago now i think and who he was a guy who was toiling in the minor leagues the avalanche just made a nothing trade last season um at the beginning of last season they traded one of their former one of their failed prospects um for a Rangers AHL hand looked like nothing but an AHL trade. Um, Graves came up at the end of last season, looked pretty good. He's been playing this year. Um, He's been playing mostly with Kale McCarr and he's looked really good um, as a top four defenseman coming out of just about nowhere. Like you mentioned, Ryan Graves, a lot of people don't know who he even is and he's playing alongside Kale McCarr um, almost every shift and leads he's no he's got eight goals already on the season um in his first full nhl season from as a defenseman so um he's been he's been a huge revelation this year and a guy that most people don't really realize until they watch the avalanche play like who the heck's that guy and he stands out he's 6'5 220 oh wow skate yeah he's a big kid that's a big boy yeah yeah, he's big He, he he's big and he can skate with kale mccarr and with that top line so it's um he's a guy that you notice and that really nobody expected to be contributing the way that he is okay that's pretty impressive if you can keep up with Kale McCarr and you're that big that's definitely something to look out for can't Um, can't quite keep up with him but he he doesn't look out of play (laughs) he doesn't look like Zadorov out there they're the same Mm. size but you put them next to each other on the on the ice you can tell which one can skate and which one not so much. So if you were working as a mole for the Flyers in the Avalanche Mm -hmm. organization, and you were going to go to Elaine Vigneault and you were going to say, this is how you beat the Colorado Avalanche in this game. This is the thing you exploit. What would that thing be? Um, Lots of shots. The, The Avalanche don't give up a ton of high danger scoring chances. But their goalies, particularly Grubauer, has been not overly solid when it comes to high volumes of shots. He'll he'll play pretty well, but he'll let in one, maybe even two goals every game from the outside that you're you just think that probably shouldn't have gone in. So as cliched as it sounds, just shoot the puck, even if it's not necessarily a high danger shot. Because they've been doing, the Avalanche have been doing a much better job this year um, of containing the offense. Um, they give up a lot of shot attempts against, but it's in a specific 
way. They keep the guys to the outside. They keep it to the point. And they're willing to give up those low danger shots. Um, so when teams have success against them, it, it's often that they're just accepting that and throwing as many as at them as they can. And Grubauer hasn't been making the saves you'd expect him to um, when there's a high volume of them. Hmm. That's interesting. So I want to talk about the Western Conference, just since I have someone who pays attention to the Western Conference here for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, why are all of the teams so bad? <laughs> <laughs> like, how are there so many bad teams? I don't get it. I it's Yeah, just, the Pacific Division particularly, it's yeah, just an so absolute bad. disaster. Um, I don't know. A lot of bad GMs in that division specifically. Um, I don't know. I Because going into last year, a lot of people thought the Central was going to be like Murderer's Row. Dallas, mm-hmm. Colorado, Nashville, um, St. Louis, Winnipeg. But a lot of the teams that like when you look at, you get the proverbial underachieving teams. They all seem to be from the same area. Winnipeg, everybody expected them to be a lot better. Nobody expected Nashville to fall off the way they have this season. Yeah. Um, that one's a lot of goal. That's mostly goaltending. Pecorini cost Peter Laviolette's job there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I honestly don't know. With with them, it's goaltending. <laughs> it's very obvious. With the Pacific, yeah. I think it's a lot of bad, bad GMing. Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, they're just not run well um it's so wild. i think that that has a lot to do with the pacific and then yeah the teams that are underachieving vegas goaltending has been a major issue there's another case where the goaltender cost the goalie or cost the coach's job mm-hmm. um winnipeg i don't know what the heck's wrong with them they're they hell of a, no playing defense. really well that's yeah. yeah that's probably it they're relying too much on their goaltender there um but yeah i'm not sure it's just one of those divi- one of those conferences this year that. It used to be the strong strong conference right? for so long. For so long, for like my entire hockey watching career. Same, yeah. The West then, conference was always just so good. I guess eventually the East being so bad and getting all those high picks, yeah. it's balanced out. And we're at the generation where teams in the East are filled with those high draft picks mm-hmm. from the last decade or so. And it's just evening out, I guess. Like, I, I don't know um, other than that. But yeah. uh, it's just looking yeah. like the the teams that are at the top of the central are going to have like just like a cakewalk until they have to meet up with each other. <laughs> it's, yeah, because, it's yeah. yeah, especially. Yeah, the two what, whichever teams make the wild card in the in the West mm-hmm. are not going to be overly impressive teams. Um, and the central just nobody nobody looks or sorry, the Pacific. Nobody looks good there at no. all. So. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting. Yeah, it it might be. It's hard to see. Like St. Louis, like you said, St. Louis is going to have a walk in the first round, mm-hmm. maybe even second, depending on how things go. But they've just looked like a juggernaut compared to Colorado's second in the division, and they're eight points behind them. So like, yeah. it's not. It seems like it's St. Louis, and then a bunch of bunch of everyone everybody else bunched in together yeah yeah huh okay sorry I just wanted to because I was looking at this I was somebody who was it um oh Megan McCurdy tweeted about 
how the Flyers are probably going to have quite a few more points than most of the teams in the Pacific and not make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that's just going to make me completely insane. So I wanted to talk it out a little bit. Yeah, because um, I'm, I'm looking at it now. They have, what, 60? And that would put them second place in the Pacific. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Great. Love and third, third in the, this format. Third in the Central. Yeah, it's just all right. Um, Back to this game. Yeah. Is there anyone on the Flyers or anything about the Flyers that you're looking forward to seeing in this game? Um. I always look forward to watching Travis Konechny play. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm from I'm from Toronto. I grew up around the OHL. Um, I actually worked in the OHL while he was there, and oh fun. Uh, he's a guy that I've been watching play since he was like 16, mm-hmm. and a guy who I don't understand how he could have. Well, I do understand why he fell in the draft because everyone was afraid of his shoulder, but. He he's a guy that I've always loved watching play. So any chance I get to watch him play is really exciting. Um, and yeah, and to see how he's breaking out this year, I I I thought he would last year. Like I'm I'm the guy who's on Twitter like Connecting's going to break out this year, and I I finally got it right after a few times because <laughs> I, I watching him play in Sarnia, he was just so good and so so quick and. It's just he's just one of those players that I'm really excited that I'm really excited to watch every time him and uh, Anthony Sorelli in Tampa. Those are two guys that mm-hmm. like just the like personal favorites beyond like what they do in the NHL or where they came from or what team they're on. It's just guys that I can't help but cheer for. So whenever yeah. I get to see him play, um, it's pretty exciting. Nice. I'm going to be on. We were a little bit. At Broad Street Hockey, a little bit worried about, not really worried, but not really sure um, what Travis Konechny was going to turn into. Because mm-hmm. um, until this season, he never really seemed like he could carry his own line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was the whole like contract thing over the summer where it took forever to get him signed. Um, but yeah, it's the jump forward that he's taken. I certainly did not expect it, but it's been so much fun. And he's such a character and it's awesome to have him on our team yeah yeah he's a fun guy to watch so um this is going to be your first well your the avalanche's first game out of the bye week break um are you at all worried that they're going to be stale the flyers will have played one game um against the penguins when we meet up on saturday but um is that a worry for you like do they seem to kind of slow down when they have any downtime or is that just you know not a thing um not really they don't the avalanche are a weird team they're they're in in situations where you'd expect them to come out sluggish and slow they come out flying only to absolutely fall apart in the third period like like they're hyped up on adrenaline or something to play and then their legs catch up with them from being off for two weeks and they're gone by the third period so they've done that a lot this year. Anytime they have any length, any they come back from a road trip or they have time off, we expect them to be tired or rusty or whatever. They always seem to have a really good start to the game. But then the the third period, they, they've coughed up so many third period leads this year. And it always mm. seems to be in those situations. So it's probably fatigue mixed with, I don't know, they're not used to, like you practice, but... Yeah. And you're hyped to get back out there to start to get start going again. But then 
your legs aren't necessarily ready to play a whole whole game or something. I don't know, or maybe your mind. I'm not sure what it is, but I I wouldn't be surprised if this game Saturday night turns out like that, where they look good for the first half and then all of a sudden things change. Interesting. That could be interesting because the Flyers are generally slow starters and then they pick it up. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if that kind of reversal happens and then maybe we can beat the avalanche but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, um, during that during that losing streak they coughed up well they went into the third period with a lot of leads yeah um and it became a pattern to the point where you could tell it seemed like it was a mental thing for them where mm-hmm. they give up one goal and all of a sudden it's like oh we're gonna cough up. like you could see it on the bench it's like oh here it goes again um oh, no. regardless of if it's two goal lead three goal lead whatever you could sort of sense it coming um, there were like four games in a row where it happened and it just, it's just something that this team has grappled with the last two years. Whenever they go in those cold streaks, it always seems to be that same way where they can't, they can't, they just can't defend a lead or something. I don't know. Nathan McKinnon is too fast. He's got to slow it down and save a little bit. He's, he's blown he's himself the, out in the first. He's he's the one guy that I don't think that, that they have to worry about doing he's that. Not the a rest human of them. Man. Yeah. No, he's not. It's it's crazy. Even no matter how bad the rest of the team is playing around him, he like there are times where Jared Bednar will play him on the fourth line as well, just oh, wow. because he wants to be back out there and even though he's playing, he's double shifting and should be more tired than everyone else. He still will have the puck on his stick for almost the entire shift. And just, it's, it's crazy watching him play. It's just, he never, he's, yeah, he's never, he's never without the puck, regardless of who he's playing with, who he's playing against. He's just always got and always going. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing to watch. Yeah. I'm actually really looking forward to this game because, watching him play hockey is just like a real joy so it's fun watching avalanche games but hopefully um he's not too good in this one we'll see what happens um in that vein the final thing i will ask you is for a shot in the dark prediction for a final score in this game final score Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go four three avalanche they'll hold on to the lead this time they'll cough up a couple in the third They'll go into the third at the 4-1 lead, give up a couple, but hold on. That's that's Ooh. my prediction. I respect the specificness of that <laughs> prediction. Um, I'm with you on I think it's going to be a, a high-scoring one just because um, the Flyers are going to be either playing Alex Lyon, our AHL goaltender, or Brian Elliott in the second game of a back-to-back. So I can't imagine that Nathan McKinnon is going to not score a bunch of goals on the whoever's in net for the Flyers. Um, I'm going to go, I don't know, I, I kind of feel like the Flyers dropped this one. I'm going 5-3 Avs. It will Empty wound nickel. me. Yeah, and maybe maybe it'll be like the last game where it's like a respectable loss that you mm-hmm. hang with a super fast, super talented team and you lose, but it's okay because, you know, you played good hockey. I'm going to go with that. Right. Let's just hope both teams have fun out there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what matters, right? <laughs> okay, Tom, thank you so much for doing this. This was awesome. We learned no a lot, I think, all. about the Avalanche. Again, you can find Tom at Mile High Hockey, which is the SB Nation blog that focuses on the Avalanche. Head over there and learn some stuff before the game. Tom, thank you. Enjoy it. Thank you so much. Go Flyers. <laughs>